The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hello and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. I am glad that you are here. Thank you for tuning in. I have a great interview on this episode. This was recorded in the home of Clarence Frogman Henry. This was my second interview with the frog. I did one interview over the telephone, and then I did this interview in person. I believe it was 2010, and what a treat to be brought into his home. Very, very loving man, and what a pleasure to look through all of his mementos and interesting artifacts from a life in music. There were pictures of him with just about everybody, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about who Clarence Frogman Henry is. He is still active to this day. He is a rhythm and blues singer, recording artist, pianist. A lot of you might know him from the song, I Don't Know Why, But I Do. I love that song, written by the late Bobby Charles. On the last episode, I read that note from Tom Hanks regarding Forrest Gump. In the movie Forrest Gump, the song, I Don't Know Why, But I Do, is used in the soundtrack. You may be able to read something into the meaning of them playing it in this particular part of the movie, but Jenny is making out with some guy in a car. The windows are fogged up and it's raining, and Forrest pulls the guy out of the car and starts hitting him. (laughs) Well, the song that's playing during that scene is Clarence Frogman Henry. He has some great recordings. I love listening to him. Somebody who sings with such enthusiasm and such joy. Some of his other songs would include Ain't Got No Home, and then there would be You Always Hurt the One You Love, something you might be interested to know. Clarence Frogman Henry opened 18 concerts, 18 of them for the Beatles across the United States and Canada in 1964. He also performed for quite some time on the Bourbon Street Strip in New Orleans. He played there for almost 20 years. He's definitely a legend in music, in rock and roll, and he's an inductee of the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame. Great stories abound in this interview. If you like what I'm doing, and that is bringing these stories out there into the world, I invite you to go to patreon.com slash the Paul Leslie Hour. Now, let's get into the interview with Clarence Frogman Henry. It is with great pleasure we welcome... For the second time on our program, Mr. Clarence Frogman Henry. Hi, this is Clarence. I take out Frogman Henry right here listening to your Paul Leslie show. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming back. This is your second time on the show. And it's a real honor to do this here in your home. And I want all the listeners to get an idea of what I'm seeing. On the outside of the home, there's these statues of these frogs. Mr. Henry's wife asked me, have you ever seen more frogs in your life? And the answer is no. But uh, it's full of music memorabilia from his musical career, which is very impressive. And so, first of all, my first question, who is Clarence Frogman Henry? Clarence Frogman Henry was way back in 1956 when I recorded Ain't Got No Home. Uh, I didn't have a name that was just Clarence Henry. And my first recording was Ain't Got No Home in Troubles, Troubles. 
Trouble's Trouble with the A-Side and the leading disc jockey here in New Orleans by the name of Papa Stopper flipped it over and the people in New Orleans were requesting the frog song by the frog man. And I happened to be in the studio and Papa Stopper said, from now on, your name is frog man. That's how I got my name frog man in 1956 from Papa Stopper. Can you remember what kind of music you grew up listening to? I started listening to pop music. I worked on in a uh, uh, car wash in the service station. And me and the guy that who was the manager of it, the station, we would sing nothing but pop song, you know, on WTIX radio station during that time. Can you remember particular artists that you were that were your favorite? Well, my idol and my favorite was Fast Domino and Professor Longhair. But Fast Domino was my real main idol. And when I was going to school at Albia Landry High School, my music teacher by the name of Mr. William Houston Sr., he was the band director, and he put me in the band. I didn't even know how to hold a trombone, but I, I learned and I was playing uh, first trombone for three years, and first year I played second trombone. The principal would have a, a meeting with the teachers during the school year, and when, every time the principal would have a meeting with the teachers, the secretary would come down and say, for entertainment of the student body, keep them quiet. He said, little boy with the red and black jacket, come on and play the piano and sing for the student body. And I would sing like Fast Domino or Professor Longhead for the student body way back in 1948, mm. 49, you know, during that time. Can you remember the first time that you said, I got to pick a profession and the one for me is being a musician? My mother sent my sister, the oldest sister, uh, Lizzie, to piano lesson way back in the 40s. She didn't like the piano. So I would go with her. And I told my mama, send me, you know. I'll show you what I'll do for your 50 cents. It was 50 cents a lesson during that time. Miss Jones on Columbus and Claiborne in New Orleans. It so happened, I learned the fundamental of the piano, but I taught myself my style of piano playing, you know. And I copied behind uh, Fats Domino. And but I had my own style. I would play in the club, fat man for five dollars a night. <laughs> then I went and got a raise to another club with seven dollars a night. And then I went to the Joy Lounge, and uh, I played for Mr. Patel Marcellus. And from there, I went on the road where I ain't got no home. And the man by the name of Paul Gayton gave me my first recording with Chess Record. Chess Records. You know, I'm looking some of the pictures on your wall. You've got pictures of yourself with everyone from Lenny Kravitz, and then you got a picture over here of Pete Fountain. All different types of people that you've met. You too, there's a picture of Mr. Domino up there. Who have you met that you were kind of maybe a little starstruck over that you thought, wow, I'm meeting him? Oh, yeah. Well, I turned it with one, you two, and Johnny Preston, a lot of guys, Elvis. Costello and uh, Elton John. We played the Madison Square Garden with Elton John, Jimmy Buffett, and a lot of them, you know. And uh, Elton John was the accent for Frogman. And I, I met Elton John and Jim, well, Jimmy Buffett was a whole fan of mine and a friend of mine, you know. And uh, Ed Bradley. Ed Bradley. He was a great friend. And uh, Danny Glover. Oh, I, I love Danny Glover. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I, I know Ed Bradley really, really loved New Orleans, and he loved the music right, here. Right, and he, I mean, Jazz Fest, he was here, you know, and, and uh, Madison Square Garden, he was there, you know. It, it just makes me feel good. I played with uh, the Beatles when they first came over to America. I did uh, 18 dates with them. We stayed together for 21 dates, and my main beater was Paul McCarty. Brenda Lee, Nick Jagger, I played a, a party for them. And Ray Charles, you name them. Fabian, I can go down the line and name different guys, you know, from way back, Lou Richard, Bo Diddley, U.S. Vaughn, you know, uh, Dale Hawkins, you guy, Bobby V, you know, Tony Orlando. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and she mentioned the movie Forrest Gump. And a whole new generation of Frogman Henry fans came about because of that movie. Right. Tell us, when did you hear that that song was going to be in a major motion picture? A lot of people's favorite movies. Well, it was in it was in the movie, but I didn't even know it was in the movie. And uh, when uh, Tom Hanks went up for uh, Academy Award, I was just like I was at the racetrack for him to win it, you know. And sure enough, he won the award, and uh, I felt so good. But the first time I heard one of my songs in, in the movie was The Lost Boys. The little boy was, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then Rage in Harlem, it's in Rage in Harlem, Blueberry Hill, Mickey Blue Eye. Because I don't know why I love you, but I do start the movie, Mickey Blue Eye. And I have another song in Mickey Blue Eye called Your Picture. Mm-hmm. And But Forrest Gump was it, you know. Yeah. And uh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to talk about that song for a second. I don't know why I love you, but I do. That was written by Bobby Charles. Right. Did you know Bobby? Oh, well, he was just like a brother, you know. Yeah. yeah, Bobby would write a whole lot of songs. I recorded a whole lot of songs written by Bobby. What kind of a guy was Bobby Charles? He was a down-home guy. He wasn't a guy that... He was uh, above himself. Uh, he thought he was bigger than anybody else. He was just down home, you know. And uh, I was there with Bobby just before he died, you know. And uh, Bobby and I were great friends. A great writer, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Well, what does that song mean to you? I don't know why I love you, but I do. Because I was thinking about that song when I was walking to New Orleans, which that was a song Bobby wrote, too. And I was thinking about a girl I knew. And I was thinking... Why do I love her? I don't know. Right. And that song, and I, and I thought of, I had your voice in my head. Well, what happened, Leonard Chess, after we did, we did what I do. Because Leonard Chess came down on Bourbon Street where I was playing at Dakota Two Sisters. And he said, you're going to record tomorrow. I said, man, I don't have any <laughs> music, no, nothing written out, you know. And it so happened that Bobby Charles, Paul Gayton, and I we went on and had it on the shelf. I don't know why I love you, but I do. That's what the name of it. I don't know why. And uh, so happened they had to change it to But I Do. And when they put it in Forrest Gump, man, I'm telling you, it went off. But uh, with But I Do, I never forget in Philly, it was a sleeper. And I was up in Philly doing a, a, a little show up there. And I had to deliver my own record, but But I Do was selling so fast. I think one of your other most beloved songs is... Ain't got no home. Yeah. I can't sing it like you can. But, but everybody loved that, you know. And especially when I switch my voice. Like a girl. And then when I do it like a frog. <laughs> well, how'd you get the idea for that song? 
it happened way back in 1955. I was playing in Gretna, Louisiana at a club called the Joy Lounge. And uh, we were working overtime. Eddie Smith was the band leader, and I respect my band leader. But I was tired. We had them played about eight hours. And it's early in the morning, and people, I mean, the place was packed. The little place must have was about 10 by 12 or whatever. The people didn't want to go home. And I just hit a riff on the piano. They ain't got no home. The chicken ain't got no home. The frog ain't got no home. The girl, you know, because why I was singing like a girl because of Shirley and Lee. You know, we didn't have a female in the band, so I had to switch my voice like a girl and sing Let the Good Time Roll. One of the things about New Orleans and Louisiana is there's so many different kinds of music here. Well, most of the artists in New Orleans, they don't play no one-style music. You know, we when we were playing, we played Dixieland, opera, hillbilly, country, uh, Cajun, any kind of music, you know. Right. What's that, the doorbell? That's the doorbell. You would come this time. <laughs> oh, yeah? I'm surprised my wife don't. You can you can snap the door for him. I was just having a look at a couple more pictures, and I'm here during the tail end of Jazz Fest, which is a huge event every year in, in New Orleans, and there's a picture of you with Quint Davis. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Quint and I go back a long way, you know, and I have a lot of respect for Quint. And... Uh, I hadn't played the Jazz Fest in two years. My price went up. They hadn't paid it in two years. But this time I was in Bowling Green, Kentucky, where I got married over there. And I was with my wife, and they called me and said, we want you to play the Jazz Fest this year, and we're going to pay your price, you know. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I've been out there 55 years, yeah. and I demand the right price. Yeah, well, when you want quality, you've got to pay for it. Right, yep. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and went over good yesterday. I really enjoyed But I always enjoy the crowd, you know, at the Jazz Fest and elsewhere, you know. People here, the musicians, they play all kinds of music. Why do you think it is there's so many different kinds of music, from Zydeco, jazz, R&B, you name it? Because you have so many different people here in Louisiana. You know, right down the bayou, you got Zydeco, you got... It's similar to bluegrass, but it's Cajun music, you know. And then you got rhythm and blues. You got the blues. You got Dixieland. And and when you come out to be an artist during my years, back in the 50s and the 40s, you had to sing everything for different people. Mm-hmm. And down in the French Quarter, you might have any kind of people that love different kind of music and that you have to entertain them. And you sang for many years in the French Quarter, is that correct? 21 years. I was down years. there. Yeah, Dakota Two Sister Opera House, the Strata, 500 Backstage, you name it. I've been there. I'm sure you have a lot of stories and you've seen a lot of crazy things. <laughs> I've seen a lot, you know, and I've seen a lot of artists, you know, entertainers that come down there, movie stars and different things happening down in the French Quarter. Of the songs that you have recorded, is there one in particular that's a favorite of yours? Well, I got three favorites. All right. Ain't Got No Home, What I Do, and You Always Hurt the One You Love. You Always Hurt the One You Love. Tell mm-hmm. us about that song. Well, what happened uh, when we got Ain't But I Do, well, during that time you had to get a follow-up to But I Do. And Lena just sent a song down for me to learn was I'm a Fool to Care. 
and I'm learning the song before we could record it, Joe Barry came out with it. And uh, so we started scrambling. And then it just sent for uh, Alan Toussaint and myself up to Chicago. And we got a band up there and we recorded You Always Hurt the One You Love. That's how we got that number. That would uh, cover up behind But I Do. In addition to the music of New Orleans, every time I come here, I always end up eating a tremendous amount of food. I don't know why that is. Because Actually, New Orleans is made up of all kinds of food. And, you know, that red bean and rice, the white bean and rice, and all that. The seafood, they're known for their seafood, and also for their steaks and different things. You know, the seasoning of the food, you know. Yeah. What is your personal favorite meal here, and what is your favorite restaurant to eat at? New Orleans hamburger, uh, red lobster, you know. I used to eat at uh, Copeland, you know. But Copeland's, they closed, yeah. Yeah, they closed down. And then over here, when I want a sandwich or some chicken, I go to Chubby's or Popeye. Now, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the Beatles. Now, you said that Paul McCartney, that was that was your guy. Right. What was that experience like? You played all those shows with the Beatles, the most famous rock band right. in history. Right, well... You know, I'm, I don't get excited over entertainers. You know, the only one I got excited over, really truthfully, was Fast Domino. I thought uh, some guy was Fast Domino in New Orleans, and he was, I would call it fat, and he had diamonds and gold chains and things. But he was a ball owner, his name was Leroy. And, but I met Fast in 1956 at the Musician, 496 Musician Hall. My manager, Bob Astor. And I and uh, when I saw Fat, I was really excited, you know. Yeah. And I was only like 19 years of age, you know, and that would made me feel so good. But uh, with the Beatles, you know, I didn't know the Beatles was gonna be as great as they were. I mean, we set records with the Beatles. Yeah. We went everywhere. A lot of places they put us out that the city, you know, like Boston, right? New Orleans, you know, and uh, some places else. Quite a few cities, and the crowd was different. They had doctors and and uh, Amelands and everything at the concerts. And I never forget Kansas City. The guy had the Beatles to do an extra show, you know, and he paid them well, you know. But Paul and I and and the guy that sang with Bill Black Combo we were real good threesome, you know, the Three Musketeers. We oh, had yeah? a lot of fun on the tour. I wanted to ask you also about a lot of people call him a young man, even though he's I think 63 now. His name is Jimmy Buffett, and he loves this city, and he loves the Frogman. I love Jimmy Buffett. I met, yeah, I met Jimmy in California. He he made sure he came to the club on the Sunset Strip. We played. That's when I first met him. And then uh, down in, in Alabama, that's where he from Muscle Shore, somewhere on the show. And uh, he was at the uh, Madison Square Garden. And he followed me, and I follow him, you know. But And now he got a club in New Orleans. We're just great friends. We're going to take you back to our interview with Clarence Frogman Henry, recorded in his home in the great state of Louisiana. You mentioned a second ago, and I want to get your advice. Meeting Fast Domino tomorrow, and I'm a little nervous but excited about it. Fast Domino is a down-home guy. You know, he, he gets off a little bit, but he, he's real down-home. Yeah. And uh, he's very shy. Yeah. And I used to be shy, too, until they had a, uh, the civil chair here in New Orleans had me going around speaking to the 
school children, and now I can't shut up my mouth. <laughs> what is it, in your personal opinion, what do you think music is supposed to do? Music is set people lives. You know, it's all different kind of music. And I've known uh, a lot of people I put together with, I don't know why I love you, but I do. And uh, ain't got no home because guys come and used to come on Bourbon Street with a lady and go back home and they get married and all that. You know, yeah. by me entertaining them. Just like I go out at the jazz fest and I get a lot of respond back. You know, when you walk through the door, I would just sign an autograph for some guy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. What is it you like about music? I love it. I love music. My life is turned around music. My daddy, he was a musician, but a homemade musician. My daddy had never taken a day of lesson, but he can play any kind of string instrument, harmonica, piano, you name it, he plays it. Well, it's been a great pleasure to talk to you, but I have one more question. This broadcast goes out all over the world. Right. And Clarence Frogman Henry has fans all over the world. There are people who know your music from movies, from records, and people who have memories from seeing you sing. What do you want to say to all your fans? Well, to my son in Sweden, Uf, his name Uf. When I went to Sweden, these guys were playing like Liberace, you know. Uh-huh. And after I left Sweden and from now on, I had them over here. Jump for joy, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, and when oh, he sang nothing but New Orleans music, and he sound like the frog, you know. He play all frogman music, and I met so many people around the world. Down in New uh, New Zealand, I met some sisters down there who were group singers. In England, you know, I met different guys, Danny and Helen Shapiro, and all those people. You know, it was a joy to meet these different kind of. Uh, Entertainers. To my people around the world, it's a pleasure in entertaining you. And it has been a pleasure to talk to you and welcome you back a second time. Thank my, you. My pleasure, Paul. Groggy. <laughs>